Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. If you happen to view the news or read the news or listen to the news, you will find that we are being told that there is an opening process taking place across this nation, the United States of America, and elsewhere in the free world, that societies are taking baby steps at reopening their countries, their nations, their economies, whatever that means. Well, just last week, the end of last week, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, he announced that there were going to be some baby steps taken to open up the economy, the business sector in Georgia. And it was by no means some sort of broad sweeping opening, but rather very targeted, very specific, some might say curious selections. Not arbitrary, but maybe capricious. But in any case, the president was not pleased. And the president, the president Donald Trump Sr., he stated that Words to the effect that this was, you know, jeopardizing matters with reference to the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, and so forth. But interestingly enough, just a few days later, here now we're receiving this news that there are attempts being made across the country in various states to try to do this. Why should there be such efforts? Why not just leave everything locked up tight, right? Why not just strangle the life out of the economy in the United States of America and throughout the free world? That certainly is pleasing to those who are in positions of command and control behind the scenes. It is entirely in keeping with their desires, their plans, their purposes to bring every nation to its knees and to cause them to grovel and scrape and bow and submit to one authority worldwide. Perhaps you saw the images from the House of Representatives last week at the same time that the governor of Georgia made his statements. The images of these representatives, the majority of the representatives, it seemed, wearing masks, their at the Capitol, in their chambers. And 
one member, one of the lesser number who did not do so was Representative Louis Gomert, a Republican from Texas. He said, quote, we've got to be careful about spreading fear. We can be concerned but shouldn't be afraid, end quote. Reasonable sentiment, I think. (laughs) We can be concerned, but we shouldn't be afraid. What a novel idea for dealing with the novel coronavirus. As compared to the big brother government enslaving mentality. Of the socialists. And when I say the socialists, I am not specifying Bernie Sanders and his followers. No. I'm referring to the Democrat Party as a whole. Plus, any number of those within the Republican Party. Not to mention the occasional independents such as Bernie Sanders. But the socialists, these who at the root, at the foundation, at the core, believe in and desire to bring about government control of everything. Going back to Easter. Remember, the president famously stated he wanted to open it up. And he went on with that via Twitter and what have you. He wanted to open up the economy, open up the country in time for Easter. Well, that didn't happen. And then then he took to uh, tweeter lashing or tongue lashing the Georgia governor here at the end of last week about doing this very modest, tempered opening of businesses in Georgia. But, again, he really wanted it opened in time for Easter. Well, on Resurrection Sunday, also known as Easter, in various parts of the United States of America, Some Christians happened to attend services at their respective churches, those that they attend and so forth, and are considered members of. But there were various changes made, alterations so that people could attend service without attending service. Park in the parking lot and listen to a sermon and music over speakers and that sort of thing. Well, in Kentucky, in Hillview, Kentucky, at the Maryville Baptist Church, while the 
congregation came to worship. The law enforcement, in the form of the state troopers, were present to take down all of the license plate numbers of those who came. Fascinating, don't you think? Oh, but it was well-intended. Oh, yes. Well-intended. And notices are being sent out to all of these people by the benevolent, beneficent state government stating that they need to, these people, need to self-quarantine for two weeks unless they should face further enforcement measures. Oh, but it's benevolent. It's beneficent. The governor stated that those who received the notices will get a letter asking them to self-quarantine. Unlike the notices that were put on their vehicles stating that if they did not self-quarantine for two weeks, they would face further enforcement measures and or the threat thereof. But the governor hastened to say, quote, no one is being charged with anything. Oh, no. End quote. No, perish the thought. This is just a tiny, tiny foreshadowing of evils to come. That's all it is. Meanwhile, in the previous program, I stated that courtesy of these great measures being enacted around the country, to strangle the life out of the economy, that the food supply, food production, food processing, food distribution is being destroyed. And that when this nation finally, and the other free nations finally, come out of this shutdown, Lo and behold, the most vital industries on the face of the earth will have been savaged and the governments will take over for the good of we people. Benevolently, beneficently, they will take over these responsibilities of food production, food processing, food distribution, because they will have succeeded in destroying the private sector. Destroying the family businesses, the family farms, the family ranches, and so forth. Well, interestingly enough, today, Tyson Foods put out an ad in the New York Times, a full-page ad, which stated that the food supply is breaking. This from the chairman of the board. 
John H. Tyson. Indeed, so it is. This is going on not just in the United States of America, but throughout the free world. You're familiar with the terms. I don't know when's the last time you heard them. Maybe you've heard them very recently. But terms such as the surgery was a success, but the patient died. Or the cure is worse than the ill. The planners, the grand wizards of world planning have been seeking to leverage a tool, a mechanism with which to bring all nations in the free world, throughout the free world, into submission, into yielding their sovereignty, into coming under one regime. They've been doing this forever and a day. They have been working to this end, scheming and conspiring. Oh, yes, I know, conspiratorial thinking. Oh, we must not have that, according to various Christian so-called Leaders, even though the Bible happens to very clearly give example after example after example of conspiring by evil ones, by destroyers, such as the conspiracy to destroy Jesus, which was conducted by the Jewish hierarchy. But there were many other instances that are shown throughout the Old and New Testaments. But no conspiracy doesn't happen. Everything else happens, but conspiracy doesn't happen. It's amazing. There's so many people who they believe in all manner of fanciful fictions, the Big Bang Theory, and that we came about from primordial ooze, and what have you, all manner of idiotic abstractions. And yet, they dismiss conspiracy. The reality, the unmistakable reality of conspiracy. But, in one corner of the world, I know corner might seem like a strange way to put it, even though we hear that term. Not infrequently, but a a corner of the world, is the world just a square or a rectangle or something? No, but in this isolated locale known as North Korea, North Korea, Kim Jong-un, best friend for life with President Donald Trump Sr. There is much speculation, fevered, panic-stricken speculation 
about the state of the health of leader Kim Jong-un, Kim Young-un. And some are speculating that he is in dire straits. He has not been seen for a while. This celebrated leader, whom the President of the United States referred to as a great leader who loves his nation and loves his people and all manner of other bald-faced lies, but he has not been seen since who knows how long. But it was very glaring when he missed the April 15th commemoration of the birthday of founder, his grandpapa of the Korean communist regime of North Korea, Kim Il-sung. It was very unmistakable, his absence. It was noted, and he has not been seen since then either. And it is feared that he is failing. Well, he may not be. You know, Hey, he could just be faking out the world. He could be in his palace wearing personal protective equipment. Who knows? But as I mentioned, going back some time, that his younger sister, Kim Yo-jong, she is waiting in the wing. She has been a powerful ally of his. And she is, I can't help but believe she has the right stuff. (laughs) Right stuff meaning the evil stuff. To be a more deadly leader for North Korea than her older tubby brother. But that's just my take on it. But I found it fascinating. Time Magazine has an article out and they question, could a woman ever lead North Korea? Even the sister of Kim Jong-un, could she ever lead the nation? (laughs) You know, and of course, then they have brilliant people addressing this as to whether that's a possibility, whether it's plausible, whether it's realistic that a woman could rule and reign over that bloody, monstrous communist regime. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, she could. And I fully expect her to. As I stated previously, I don't know how long it's been, a year ago, back at the time of following the Olympics and whatever, and the great Vietnam summit 
with President Trump and what have you. But she is the vice director of the Workers' Party of Korea Propaganda and Agitation Department. Adolf Hitler was the numero uno propagandist of the Nazis until he delegated those duties to Joseph Goebbels. Kim Yo-jong, this title vice director, is a little bit misleading. She is in charge of propaganda for the North Korean communist regime. And she is an alternative member to the Politburo of the Central Committee. For those who imagine that, no, no, she couldn't take over because she's a woman. In my view, my estimation, my assessment, my gut instinct tells me that she is a deadly dangerous woman, as well as a very bright one, a very capable one. And she is a heartbeat away from the leadership of North Korea. And if you imagine for one single solitary moment that she will hesitate to seize control, if and or when her brother dies, you really, I think, have a surprise coming. I assure you, this woman has drawn up plans (laughs) for how to succeed her brother. She may not have them in writing. It may be all in her mind. But she absolutely is prepared to do that. And the idea that the Communist Party will prevent her from that, no. The only way they're going to be able to do that is by force. And I have got a feeling she will be exerting more force than them. And she's in charge of the whole propaganda mechanism. She will be able to use that to great advantage to stir up the North Korean slave people to her support. Now, I don't mean to say for one single solitary moment that she will necessarily be worse than some other prospective leader. No. No, I'm sure there are many evil ones there who would be exceedingly terrible. Not just her. But I view her in the same light that I view Jezebel and Athaliah. And I happen to think that The time is very short before she takes over and that she will be 
something else as leader of the communist regime of North Korea. Oh, yes, well, there are other family members, other children, siblings. And it is rumored that there may be a son to Kim Jong-un. So what? What happened with regard to children of kings back in Israel? From vicious others surrounding, they would simply eliminate them. What happened to the child of Alexander the Great? The Grecian Empire, following his death. But I just, as far as I'm concerned, the successor will be none other than Kim Yo-jong. And I think she will prove herself to be very, very deadly. But so what? That's just tiny North Korea. Its army is not tiny. Its army is million plus. Its submarine force is not tiny. It has the largest submarine force in the world, not the most current, however. Not the most powerful submarines, but the most numerous. But North Korea if it is viewed as an independent nation, is viewed incorrectly. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, That is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. As I have mentioned any number of times, North Korea is not an independent nation. What are you talking about? Of course it is. No, it is not. It never has been. It was brought into existence by the armies of communist China and the Soviet Union. It is a satellite slave state of communist China. And a half-child, stepchild of the former Soviet Union. All of this nonsense about, oh, that the United States of America needed to bring persuasive power, diplomacy to bear on communist China, beneficent, benevolent communist China to get communist China to pressure North Korea to give up its nuclear weapon ambitions absolute pipe dream. And when I say pipe dream, I'm not talking about smoking tobacco. Just absolute idiocy. 
communist China played Donald Trump Sr. and his administration and the United States of America. North Korea is under the thumb of communist China. Or if you prefer, under the boot of communist China. Now, North Korea, I do believe, if communist China ever cares to go that way, I do believe North Korea will be the initiator of aggression against the West in the East, against the United States of America, South Korea, Japan, Okinawa, Guam, what have you, I do believe that communist China will use North Korea to launch invasion of South Korea and attack of the United States presence there and in the South China Sea and so forth. Drawing response from the United States of America and then communist China responding to that. I do see North Korea playing that role of drawing us out or drawing us in, whichever way you care to view it. Akin to what happened to famed General George Custer. Oh, but what are you talking about? The United States of America is the greatest power in the world, the sole world superpower. Well, maybe. (laughs) But you know the old adage that an army moves on its stomach. That's a poor way of putting it. I'm paraphrasing badly. Poetic, very unpoetic license. But with the food chain, the food supply destroyed in the United States of America, that is what's coming. How well is that army going to move? Among other things. But That's just one possible scenario, one challenge. Do not expect communist China to do anything of the kind independently. When I say independently, I'm speaking of using North Korea. But communist China really being the ultimate aggressor. That's not going to happen without aggression from elsewhere. Talking about orchestrated. Aggression by Putin's Russian regime, which supposedly is completely, utterly, totally incapable of threatening the United States of America. Completely ridiculous to imagine that Putin's regime could possibly threaten the United States of America. Well, all by itself, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe that's true. But Putin's regime would not be acting 
by its lonesome. No. And as I've said before, I can't imagine Vladimir, best friend for life, Putin, choosing to engage the United States of America directly prior to taking on Europe. Why? Why do that? It just doesn't make sense to me. I would see, as I've said before, Putin's Russian regime rolling into invading Europe, Poland, Germany, France, and so forth. And then what is the United States of America to do? What is NATO to do? Are they going to attack Russian forces in Europe and endanger the civilian population of Europe? Really? You really think that could happen? Britain and so forth. NATO. No. (laughs) That's not going to happen. I give you any odds you want with regard to that. Not that I'm a betting man. I don't even know how these betting odds work. But any odds that that will not happen. That the United States of America and Britain, NATO, will not, in such an eventuality, will not respond by attacking Russian forces in Europe. Perhaps I'm mistaken, but I just don't see that happening. Because after all, the danger to the civilian population would be enormous would be vastly, 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 vastly greater than danger posed by COVID-19. But I do not believe for one single solitary moment that communist China, with its puppet North Korea, with its other puppets, which supposedly are independent and actually even adversaries, such as communist Vietnam, which again has an army a million strong and so forth, Laos and Burma, Myanmar and what have you, will operate, will act, will aggressor against the United States of America independently, you know, with that group. No, they will not act that way. Instead, again, there will be a, an orchestrated attack, you know, a vast coalition. So you have communist China with all of its puppet communist states in its sphere of so-called influence. And you have Vladimir, Vlad, Vladimir Putin, the Russian Federation, Russian regime, which he supposedly is in danger of losing control of because of COVID-19. Please, what ridiculous fiction that is. But he, (laughs) with his satellite states, again, Russia is invested in North Korea, but then there is Iran, Islamist Iran, 
Islamist Syria, and so forth. Whether you view those as being allies of Putin or not, whether you view them as independent actors, or whether you view them as very powerful players within the Islamist, Islamo-fascist factions. They would also seize that opportunity to attack United States forces. The focus, I assure, you will be on the United States of America. So why would Vladimir's forces roll into Europe first? Why? If the focus is the United States of America, why do that? Isn't that a waste of effort, a waste of resources, a waste of materials, a waste of time? Possibly. I'm not ruling out nuclear strike from Russia to U.S., but again, I just think that makes more sense to do it that way. That doesn't mean they will do it that way. Even if it does make more sense, it doesn't mean it would go down that way, as they say. But I certainly think that would be the more judicious way to do it really to create a stranglehold on the rest of the world so that the United States of America is isolated so that Asia is dominated utterly by communist China, so that Europe is dominated utterly by Russia, and so that the Middle East is dominated utterly by the Islamo-fascist powers. Well, isn't it already? (laughs) You know, I mean, what is there that isn't dominated there by them right now? Tiny Israel, right? Oh, but wait a minute. Well, Saudi Arabia, you know, with that wonderful royal family, and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who is in a position of considerable power and is on the verge of having it all. Oh, but they are our ally. Yes, and they are, you know, opposed by their enemies, Iran, and so forth, right? Right? Well... Yes, there is some rivalry among Islamists. But guess what? We are their ultimate enemy. Israel and the United States of America are the ultimate enemy of all of the Islamist states, all of the Islamo-fascist regimes, of Islam itself, Christianity and Jewry ultimate enemy. And 
the United States of America and Israel are viewed as representing that. But the United States of America has imagined, has fancifully imagined forever and a day now that it enjoys friendship, it is allied with the likes of the Islamist regime of Saudi Arabia. We have trained them. We have equipped them. We have enabled them to have as mighty an air force as Israel. In the interest of peace in the Middle East, mind you. <laughs> right. In the interest of peace. It is brilliant. It is truly brilliant. But. If and or when these various actors all who represent totalitarian regimes, totalitarian raw power, whether of the communist variety or the fascist variety, the Islamo-fascist variety, if they choose, to attack, to act. They will do so together. Not necessarily all at once, because again, I do believe North Korea will initiate such actions and then be followed by these others, including Pakistan and so forth ally of China. Wait a minute. I thought China was anti-Islamist. Really? No. Ally of nuclear-powered, nuclear-weaponized Pakistan. And China, its principal adversary in Asia. Who is that? Is that South Korea? Is that Japan? Is it the United States of America? Of course it's the United States of America. No, it's not. It's not the United States of America. It's India. (laughs) But China has enough going for it to take out India. It can use Pakistan first and foremost for first strike. And then, of course... It has all of its other satellites to use, and it can work independently. Why would it do that? Because (laughs) of this bloodlust, power lust to take over all of Asia. And with its allies, the Russian Federation and so forth, to rule the world. Now, I don't think that is going to happen. Why would you go on about those things if you don't think that's going to happen? Just this. I recognize, I realize that could happen. That is one scenario that could happen. Is Russian Federation and communist Chinese regime and Islamofascism all attacking 
the Western nations, the free nations, but the expanded Western nations, including, you know, South Korea and Japan. Are they part of the West? (laughs) The free nations, the free westernized, to some extent, nations, capitalist nations that are allied with the United States of America. And India, despite all of the Hinduism, despite everything else there in India, it still is separate from and in opposition to Pakistan, ally of China, and China. But, again, I don't think that's what's going to happen. It could. And I will not be shocked if it does, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. And why is that? Because as as I have said time and again, while I have referenced that scenario in China taking out Taiwan and so forth in the Philippines, I do believe that the world planners will have their way. And I do believe that if that scenario transpires, it will only be to soften up the United States of America and the European nations, European powers. That it will only be the initial strikes, the initial warfare but that the ultimate warfare will not be waged by communism, fascism, as far as Islamo-fascism and Russian Federation's totalitarian fascist variation. Instead, I think it will be... (laughs) something else. But the planners, if they can have their way, they will bring every nation to its knees, every free nation to its knees, and manage to get them all to capitulate and yield their sovereignty and come under one single solitary world regime. Whether it is an incremental process or whether it is one strike remains to be seen. But the real power, interestingly enough, is held in the hands of others outside of Russia, outside of China outside of the Islamist regimes. This is going to be the reconstitution of the Roman Empire, the last phase, the last Reich of the Roman Empire. Whether the Roman Catholic Church has a part to play in that remains to be seen, but it will be the last vestige of the Roman Empire, and it will be the most powerful 
the only world-encompassing version of the Roman Empire. And it will be, according to the authority of the Holy Bible, it will be the most terrible regime that has ever been on this earth. Something unlike has ever been seen before. Now that is going a ways. You know, when you consider the monstrous regimes that there have been in communist China, in the Soviet Union, and the Nazi Third Reich, the extraordinary destruction of life wrought by these. But this last one is going to be the worst. It's going to be the most effective. It's going to achieve worldwide hegemony, which is the goal, one of the goals, of the Islamists. But they will not be the successful ones. But it is coming. And what we're going through right now with regard to COVID-19 and the shutdowns and the lockdowns and the strangling of the economies, the strangling of the business sectors, the strangling of farming and ranching and family enterprise. It is a precursor for worldwide takeover. Oh, come now. Oh, don't be an alarmist, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, I'm sorry, but I was stating back in January about this becoming a pandemic. But it's just a tool. Really, it's being used as a tool. And it should have been faced up to being a pandemic, a de facto pandemic long before it was. Not so nations would then go to the ends they are going to to strangle the life out of their countries. But so that people could be apprised of the seriousness, the gravity of the situation. But it's nothing compared to so many other plagues in the past. And it is laying the groundwork for worldwide depression, which lays the groundwork for worldwide regime, regime change, worldwide takeover. And North Korea may play some small role again, drawing out the mighty United States military and bringing it to its destruction, at least in that theater, of World War Three, if you want to call it that. But 
with the wonderful leadership that the United States of America has and that the free world nations have. Is there any hope that this will not become a reality? (laughs) I hardly think so, especially since God's word is very clear. The question isn't whether that will take place. The question is when. How soon is it? How near is it? Well, it's drawing very, very near. It is nigh at hand. Whether it is months off or whether it is a year off or years off, it is very rapidly coming. And we must not blind ourselves to the reality of it. that the days of this nation and the free nations are drawing to an end. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.